Though it's used in a variety of different ways, it's not hard to understand. Take means take, pure and simple. It's also a word that we see used in the Bible. Often it's accompanied with a challenge that involves action. We see the word and then it calls us to take a step. Join Valley Point Church as we look at four different uses of the word take in scripture. Join us this week as we spend some time in the book of Exodus and we look at what it means to intentionally respond to the greatness of God. I want to begin with a question today. And that is, have you ever been bored with church? Ever been up way too early on a Sunday and you have to go and sing a few songs and listen to somebody talk about whatever? Have you ever been bored with church? I can remember a time in my journey with Christ where everything was just kind of blah. I didn't doubt God's love for me. I didn't dislike the church. I wasn't quitting or anything like that. It was just kind of blah. Has that ever happened to you? Have you ever found yourself in a situation where this whole thing that we're doing is just a little blah? It's okay to admit that. Everybody's looking around like, can we actually say that here? And you can because you've probably been there like what I have been there. And when we find ourselves in those spots, we have a choice to make. And the choice that we make in that moment will either push us further into the land of blah or will lean back in. What is the land of blah? Well, it's activity without passion. It's motion without meaning. It's just mind-numbing ritual. It's activity without passion. It's motion without meaning. It's just mind-numbing ritual. And we have a choice in that moment that will either push us further into the land of blah or we'll lean back in. Here's what I want for you today. I want for you to lean back in to God's love and compassion and goodness. That's what I want for you just to lean back into God's love and compassion and goodness. God's love, God's compassion, God's goodness. And if you've never experienced that before, if you've never had a touch of God's love or compassion or goodness, then know this is what he extends and this is what he gives to all. If you have experienced God's love and compassion and goodness, sometimes we just forget about it and we allow the crisis of the moment to squeeze out the magnificence of God. And all of a sudden, this God who used to look big looks really, really small and he's incapable of doing anything at all. So the land of blah or lean back in And I believe that if more and more people would make the choice to lean back into God's love and compassion and goodness, and if our hearts would begin to beat fast for the things that makes God's heart beat fast, then we would see some God-sized things happen 
in our lives and around us. Which brings us to the word take. We've been studying this word and how it's used in scripture. And today we're going to discover that word in the second book of the Bible, the book of Exodus. The book of Exodus is a very interesting book because it shares the story of God leading his people out of slavery and into freedom. It's their exodus. As part of their exodus story, there is an individual by the name of Moses that played a critical role in guiding his people. He was their leader. And Moses is a really fascinating individual. He's a Jewish man who was raised in an Egyptian family. And the family that Moses was raised in was the wealthiest, most powerful, most influential family in the world at that time. Nobody had more power. Nobody had more money. Nobody had more influence than the family that Moses was raised in. And so he had access to absolutely everything. He was a privileged individual. But yet the family that was raising Moses was also leading the oppression of Moses' people, the Jewish people, God's people. And so Moses lived with this huge tension in his life of what he was raised in, which was wonderful and great and everything in the world right at his fingertips. It was just all right there for him. But he felt the tension of that with what he was seeing being done to his own people. One day Moses was out and about and he saw an Egyptian man beating a Jewish slave and he just couldn't handle it anymore. And so he killed the Egyptian and hid his body in the sand. Moses wanted to go on as if everything was normal, but people saw, people observed. And so this individual who was very privileged and once lived in a palace was now a hunted and a wanted man. And so he had to take off, and that journey took him to the land of Midian, where he met new people, made new friends, got married, and started a family. And I think it's fair to say that at this point in Moses' life, he's just kind of living in the land of blah. It's not a bad life. He has new friends, and he's safe, and secure and he has a new family. So it's not a bad life, but he's got the whole murder thing in his past and God wanted so much more for him, just like God wants more for each and every one of us. And so God is about to break into Moses' world and change absolutely everything. Brings us to two questions. If we're living in the land of blah, Is there a way out? And if there is a way out, what's the way? So if we're living in the land of blah, is there a way that we can get out of this? Or are we just kind of stuck there and that's just the way it is forever? Again, it's not a bad life, but it's just blah. So is there a way out or am I just stuck there? And if there is a way out, what is the way? Answers. Yes, there is a way out of the land of blah. And the way out is worship. Now, I know that sounds a bit churchy, but it just works. The way out of the land of blah is worship. Here's our big idea for today. That is intentionally choose to respond to God. Intentionally make this choice to respond to God. 
Now, I want to define worship because I've discovered that different people have all kinds of different ideas about what that looks like and what it means and how you pull that off. So here's our definition for today. And that is worship is responding to the greatness of God. That's what it is and that's what it means. It's responding to the greatness of God Sunday through Saturday because this thing called worship, this responding to God and his greatness is not limited to a day or a place. Worship, it's responding to the greatness of God Sunday through Saturday. And this is kind of what we see happening in the life of Moses. And so I want to read this story to you about the land of Blah that he was living in and how God kind of invaded that space and changed everything for him. And he'll do the same for us if we allow him to. So the land of Blah, do we want to hang out there or do we want to lean back into God's love, compassion, and goodness? I'm going to be reading from Exodus chapter 3. If you have a Bible or a smart device, you can turn there. You'll also find these words on the screen. Here's verse 1. One day, Moses was tending the flock of his father-in-law Jethro, the priest of Midian. He led the flock far into the wilderness and came to Sinai, the mountain of God. There the angel of the Lord appeared to him in a blazing fire from the middle of a bush. And Moses stared in amazement. That word stare there means to see, to look, to inspect, to consider, and the picture we get here is of Moses really leaning in and staring at what's happening here because it's kind of different. It's kind of unusual. Though the bush was engulfed in flames, it didn't burn up. This is amazing, Moses said to himself. Why isn't that bush burning up? I must go see it. When the Lord saw Moses coming to take a closer look, God called to him from the middle of the bush, Moses, Moses. And sometimes we read that and we kind of overlook the double call there, but there is something that God wants to do here. He wants to get the attention of Moses and there's something really important that is about to take place here. And so he calls out Moses, Moses, so that Moses will lean in and pay attention. We see God doing this a lot in Scripture. Abraham, Abraham, Martha, Martha, Simon, Simon, Samuel, Samuel. And here it's Moses, Moses. Something important is about to take place. Here I am, Moses replied. Do not come any closer, the Lord warned. Take, there's our word. Here we see it. And here's the phrase, take off your sandals. And the word take there means to clear out completely or to remove entirely. And so this is a really unique use of the word take in our study as we're walking through scripture looking at that because here God is saying, Moses, there is something in your life. I'm I'm getting your attention and I want you to lean in and there's something in your life that I want you to take out and I want you to remove it completely and it happens to be a pair of sandals for you are standing on holy ground. 
I'm the God of your father, the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, and the God of Jacob. And when Moses heard this, he covered his face because he was afraid to look at God. Now, this next section that we're going to look at, I would encourage you to really listen to this because if you have ever doubted the presence of God in your life, or where is God? Does he care about me? Does he see what's happening to me? Does he have any interest in my life? Is God awake? Is he alert? Does he know? You really see this come to life here. Verse seven, then the Lord told him, I have certainly seen the oppression of my people in Egypt. I've heard their cries of distress because of their harsh slave drivers. Yes, I am aware of their suffering. So I have come down to rescue them from the power of the Egyptians and lead them out of Egypt into their own fertile and spacious land. Look, the cry of the people of Israel has reached me and I have seen how harshly the Egyptians abuse them. Now go, for I am sending you to Pharaoh. That was Moses' family. I'm sending you back. You must lead my people, Israel, out of Egypt. And there's some very interesting things that kind of fall out of the story that really help us to understand and get that responding to the greatness of God Sunday through Saturday, not limiting that to a place or not limiting that to a time, can really help us get out of the land of blah and lean into God's love and compassion and goodness. And it happened for Moses. It worked for him, and it'll work for us as well. These are our takeaways. First of all, actively look. Actively look. In other words, get curious with what God is doing around you. That's what Moses did. He saw this burning bush and it wasn't being consumed and he stared in amazement at that. He kind of leaned in to try to figure out what is happening here. And then when he got a sense that God was up to something, Moses didn't run from that. Here's what I discovered that I do in my life when I sense sometimes God is asking me to do something new or different. I run. Like, God's over here doing this thing and he wants me to partner with him. It's like, that's kind of scary. That's frightening. And we think that sometimes and we go in the opposite direction because what if God asks me to give up something? What if God asks me to do something that I'm just afraid to do? What if God speaks to me and it's just a whole new thing and I don't know if I can do that and so I'll kind of run from what God is doing and go in the opposite direction and Moses didn't do that. He actively chose to look and stare in amazement at what was happening there. So often we run. Don't run. Don't run. Actively look when you sense that God is at work and he's touching your heart and he's whispering things into your life. Don't ignore that. Don't run. Actively look. Stare in amazement. God doesn't speak to us anymore through burning bushes. That doesn't happen. Sometimes I thought it'd be nice if he did. Like there was just a burning bush and a voice came out of that and now I know what I'm supposed to do. That's clear, that's obvious or if God would just call or knock on the door and it's God and here's what I want you to do. That just makes a whole lot of sense. But actually, I don't think that would be the best thing for us and that is because we would miss the journey. 
See, that's what this is all about. And that's what's happening to Moses here. He's on a journey of leaning back into God's love, compassion, and goodness. And if God just spoke that way, we would miss the journey. And this is the whole fun thing about following after Christ is that we get this journey and we get to learn amazing things about God and about ourselves in the process. God doesn't speak to us through burning bushes anymore, but I do have a story. When I was working at the church I served at in Illinois, we had the opportunity to build a new building on a new campus, and it had all of this new landscaping and all of that. And we had a maintenance guy who was just a young kid. He's a great guy, worked hard, and did all kinds of stuff for us. One day I was in the building and in my office studying, and he came running in like a terror. And he said, Eric, you are not going to believe this, but there is a bush on fire outside. I was like, yeah, yeah, whatever. I thought he was pulling my leg. And so with all of my pastoral love and compassion, I said, well, why don't you just run back out there? And if it starts talking to you, then you should do whatever it says. Why don't you try that? Oh, he was like taking notes. And so he ran back outside. And then I felt kind of bad that I was a little obnoxious in that moment. And so I went outside. And sure enough, the bush was on fire. It was legit. It was real. It was being consumed, though, and no voices came out of the bush because God doesn't speak that way anymore. But it was a great reminder of Moses and this story and what happened to him. And sometimes I wonder how many God sightings and God promptings we miss out on simply because we don't actively look for them. Actively look. God doesn't work. He's not hiding himself. Psalm 19 speaks to this. The heavens proclaim the glory of God. The skies display his craftsmanship. Day after day, they continue to speak. Night after night, they make him known. That's a powerful verse. Day after day, night after night, they're just screaming. They speak without a sound or a word. Their voice is never heard, yet their message has gone throughout the earth and their words to all the world. God is speaking, and we need to actively look for that. Here's the second takeaway, and that is actively describe it. Describe it. If God is doing something in you, then share that with other people. And often, we just kind of keep that all on the inside. And God doesn't want that. He wants us to give it away, what is happening to us. He wants us to describe it. Sometimes we do that when it's a big thing, but even these small things where we see God at work, I think he wants us to describe it. So if God is at work in your life in any way, write it, pray it, sing it, paint it, describe it, and give it away. And I think God will give you a lot more of those kinds of opportunities. About a month ago, I got a letter from a nine-year-old girl who attends our church here. And it was just amazing to me because she gets this, actively describing what God is doing on the inside of me. And I thought this was so compelling that I want to share it with you. So this is a nine-year-old, future theologian. It's titled God's Life for Us. God is planning a life for us, a life with love, peace and hope, it's like God knows a lot about us, and he really does. 
God knows what we are thinking, doing, and even what we want. If we pray, God will grant us what we pray for. God wants us to be ourselves. For example, don't act like a mean person if you really aren't. Isn't that great? Don't act like a mean person if you're not mean. If you read the Bible, you will learn about Jesus, how he died on the cross for us to take our sins away so we can live a life with God in our heart. Some people don't obey God. I know that's weird, but they obey statues and video games and a lot more. Some people don't even believe in God. God wants us to encourage others to believe in God so we can work together. It's powerful, isn't it? Yeah. It's powerful, and sometimes as adults, we have a hard time describing it, or we just ignore it and forget about it altogether. And the challenge here is to actively describe what God is doing in your heart. Sometimes we get educated, and we lose the awe and the wonder of what God does in the world and what God does in our own lives and we get smart. Or do we? Maybe not so much. May God give us all the heart of a nine-year-old so that we can actively describe God's life for us. There's one more and that is to actively take things out of your life that don't spell humility. Just take that stuff out. For Moses, it was a pair of sandals. And this is more than just a unique thing that he's standing on holy ground. I believe that Moses did that because he knew that even a quarter inch of leather put him too close to the holiness and the majesty of God. And so he wanted to get as low as he could. Those sandals represented pride in his life. And so he removed them. And we need to be ready to actively take out all of those things in our lives that don't spell humility. So let me ask you, is there stuff on the inside of you that doesn't spell humility when it comes to your friendship with God that you just need to take out, completely remove? Maybe it's an attitude, a habit, or pride in who you are, or what you've accomplished, or busyness, laziness, apathy, anger, unthankfulness. See, when we remove the things in our lives that don't spell humility, we have the opportunity for God to reach down and touch us and use us just like what he did Moses. Moses goes on from here and he leads God's people out of slavery and into freedom. It was an amazing exodus and I believe that all started with a burning bush that would not be consumed. And Moses was interested enough to actively look. That's what he did. He was interested enough to actively describe that. He didn't cry out to God and said, here I am, I'm here. I don't know what's about to happen, but I'm here. And then he actively chose to take out those things in his life that didn't spell humility. So is there a way out of the land of blah? Is there a way that we can lean back into God's love, compassion, and goodness? Yes, there is a way. It's called worship. 
responding to the greatness of God from Saturday to Sunday. It's looking, it's describing it, and it's taking those things out of our life that don't spell humility. And I want to invite you to just actively look right now and listen and let's respond to the greatness of God. I want to begin this process by a responsive reading. And so you're going to see some words on the screen from Scripture. I'll read the first line, and I want you to read every bold line. It's the same line every time, so it should be pretty simple to do. And I want you to mumble it because you're in church. Say it with some passion. Have some meaning with this because we're going to respond to the greatness of God. And in doing this, as we read and as we pray and as we sing, we're going to look and we're going to describe in our minds and we're going to begin the process of taking stuff out. So I want to invite you to read this with me. I'll read the first line and then you can take the bold line. Give thanks to the Lord for he is good, his love Give thanks to the God of gods. Give thanks to the Lord of lords. To him who alone does great wonders. Who spread out the earth upon the waters. Who made the great lights. And the sun to govern the day. The moon and stars to govern the night. Give thanks to the God of heaven. Amen. Will you pray with me? Father, we just come to you and we've walked through a really unique use of this word take in scripture where you ask somebody to take out of their life something that just kept them from responding to you and he was so willing to do that. God, I pray right now that you'd help us to be willing to make the same kinds of choices right now. God, I believe for all of us here, the choices we make will either push us further into the land of blah right now and we'll just walk out and it'll be the same old thing or we'll begin this wonderful journey of leaning back into your love and compassion and goodness, and God, this is what you want for us in this moment. So God, I pray that you'd speak to us. Would you make our hearts soft? Would you help us to push out things that are happening today and this week and schedules and events and just truly look at you and respond to you and your greatness. God, again, sometimes we allow the crisis of life to kind of just squeeze out the magnificence of who you really are. And you become kind of small. And we think you're incapable of working in our lives. But yet, God, as we've seen today, that's really not the case. We need to make the choice to lean back in and allow you to touch our lives. So God, I pray that you do that now. We invite you into this space. Would you touch our hearts? Challenge us. May we leave changed because we've had some time to actively look 
actively describe it and even actively remove those things in our lives that don't spell humility. I'd like for you just to keep your head bowed and your eyes closed for a moment. I just want to encourage you to use the quietness of this hour from your heart to God's ears. And you just talk to him right now about the things in your life that you need to take out. Whether that's an action or an attitude or a thought or whatever. Just talk to God about that right now and actively remove those things. And let's worship him this way. God, we just thank you for some space and some time to really look deep within and talk to you about what's going on on the inside. God, it's really easy to float in and out of these types of gatherings and hide what's happening on the inside and not really be honest and transparent and authentic with other people. But you see and you are aware and we cannot hide that from you. So I pray that in these moments, God, we would just be very honest and open with you and allow you to change us and challenge us. And as we continue to respond to you and your greatness, God, help us to have this amazing picture of a big God who can do anything and will also use us in the process. Speak to us now as we continue to respond. We pray it in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, thanks for listening. We'd also like to invite you to join us for any of our Sunday gatherings as well at the Garnet Valley Middle School at 9, 15, and 11 a.m.